Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above us today, January 10th, 2022. Can you believe it? We're already 10 days into the new year, and we have a lot to talk about this morning. So tell me how everybody's doing out there over the weekend uh, with our... Uh, planet Venus doing her dance across the sky and on, let's see, what was it Saturday where we had Venus conjunct the sun? How did things go out there? Uh, good morning so far to uh, Susie Gemini. Good to see you, Tom. Oh my gosh, you're up early again. That's awesome. Great to see you. And Susie saying good morning from California. I kind of miss California. Um, however, I do not miss the crowds in California, and I do not miss the traffic in California. And you know what else is interesting is that where I live, it's very quiet. Hardly any cars. I mean, if I hear a car, it's because, you know, I just happen to be hearing it. Um, but every day in when, when we were in California, I was awakened sometimes at like three or four in the morning by the sound of traffic on the road outside of the neighborhood the house was in that we stayed at. And uh, that was very disturbing to me. I totally had forgotten how loud a city can be. So I was really glad when I got back home to my peace and quiet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Good morning, Pam Zaruba. She says, chilly. Good morning. I'm not sure where you are, Pam. Uh, it's actually a little warmer here today than it has been. So for me, that's a good thing a little bit. JLo, good morning to you. Uh, so we have uh, a week to look forward to where things are a little bit quieter in the outward expression, at least for the first few days of the week. And then as we get to the later part of the week, the tempo picks up and, you know, some of the big news things that are going on this week are things like Mercury turning retrograde. Now he's been in the shadow of the retrograde since December 29th, so We've already been experiencing sort of the wonkiness that comes up with a Mercury preparing to uh, retrograde as in he appears to slow down, right? And the slowing down of a planet is what can really cause some of the, the upsets or some of the uh, inconsistencies in the area ruled by that particular planet. And since Mercury rules our communication, our minds, and the way that we travel, uh, anything that we look at in terms of travel disruptions, and boy, did I not experience one, uh, and things like um, our not being able to put our thoughts in proper order or saying things that we didn't mean or things coming out wrong or our minds being scattered or, you know, turned to the winds. Um, those are all symptoms of Mercury preparing to retrograde. So we're going to talk a bit about that today. Um, as well, we are staring at the uh, new Human Design Week. It begins tomorrow. And I'd, I'm not going to probably talk too much about that aspect of it, but we have Saturn, again, changing gates. And we also have uh, some Mars and Pluto action later on in the week. And we also have the Sun coming into a conjunction with Pluto. So we do have quite a bit to talk about. And it is, like I said, that second half of the week that's going to be more um crazy than this part of the week now you guys may see me looking at my phone this morning and actually picking it up because 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 uh terry was able to go to work this morning but before he can work he has to be tested for covid 
and I'm not altogether certain that he's going to test negative. He's still coughing. And uh, my son-in-law, who wanted to go back to work, was feeling better last week on Thursday, uh, still tested positive, and Terry's like about two days behind him. So we shall find out here shortly. It takes about 15 minutes for the test to come through. In the meantime, what we're going to do today is talk a lot about where the moon's placement is this morning, as the moon has moved into the sign of Taurus. And Taurus is going to play a big part in the year, in the next year and a half, as it is playing host to the North Node, while Scorpio energy taking uh, the part of the South Node. Now, this actually begins on January 18th, but since the moon is in Taurus today, just moved in there this morning at 6.47 a.m. my time, 9.47 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast of the USA, I thought we would talk about some of the things that Taurus really uh, demonstrates to us in our charts, but also in our lives. If you have your own astrology chart, now is the time to find the sign or the place in the chart where Taurus is. Taurus, definitely the symbol on your astrology chart. He looks like a bull, right? A face with the two horns coming up. And that will alert you as to what area of your chart is not only going to be focused on for these next few days while the moon is in Taurus, but for the next 18 months, while the destiny point or the north node is moving us through the issues around Taurus energy. Now, you may or may not have your own north node in Taurus. Um, and if you do, then this is going to be something that affects you more purposefully. If you don't have the nodes there, you're still going to experience the transit and along with the collective energy, be experiencing what it is that Taurus wants from us and what is needed for us to strengthen over these next 18 months. So when we look at the moon and Taurus, Taurus rules the material world, the physical world even, in that it's everything to do with money and our resources and our possessions, the concepts of ownership. And as you might recall us having spoken about um, for the last 20 for the previous 20 years from uh december of uh 2020 uh previous to that so from uh may 3rd i want to say of 20 2000 we had a jupiter saturn conjunction in taurus and what was coming up for us during this period of time is we were seeing the impact of excesses jupiter and the need uh to become more sustainable with Saturn. So the two of those planets coming together in Taurus showed us where we were out of whack with the ideas uh, or the concepts of possessions and ownership and money in the banking world and in the economy. Throughout those 20 years, we had several hits in the economy. We had several monetary kind of implosions and so now we have destiny moving through the sign of Taurus, the sign that rules the banks, the institutions of finance, as well as Uranus in Taurus. And we can expect some more crashing and burning of the economy. Now, I'm not saying to expect that, but what I am saying is that there's a lot of changes going on in our idea of what it, what sustainable money looks like what sustainable ownership looks like, um, and all of the ideas around possessions and the things that 
that we can buy with our earning power. Even the way that we're earning money will be changing over these next 18 months. And we've already seen sort of the beginning of all of this with um, some of the, especially the millennials, I believe, are not going back to work in the way that we would have expected to as the pandemic began to wane and things opened back up in different states. People just didn't go back to their jobs. And I know a lot of you out there think that it has a lot to do with the uh, stimulus money that was coming in. And I'm sure that that had the effect of allowing people to have some space to consider, well, what's really important to me? And this is a big question as we keep going forward here in our march through evolution, is to really see what is important to me. Is it important to have an 8 to 5.30 or 6 p.m. job that I have to go to five to six days a week? And that takes me away from my family. It takes me away from the things I really love. And so there's this idea now that work is changing as well. And Taurus rules the work world. So we see a lot of things changing and morphing here to become more aligned with individuals' values, but also with our collectively stated values, right? And, you know, one of the things that Taurus is really good at is productivity, but our ideas and our concepts of productivity may even be changing now. I hear these buzzwords going on in companies and corporations and the people that are, you know, in the human resources part or aspects of businesses talking about, you know, shortening the workday or um, putting in things that are more supportive of their workers. So in, in the real world, this is going to uh, really benefit employees and the workforce as this next 18 months unfolds. Now today, of course, that's not going to be the major issue because the moon in Taurus is really just aligning us with that emotional feeling of what would it be like if our work world was different? What would it be like if I didn't have to own so much stuff? Because ultimately, Taurus is a sign of simplicity. And it brings us into the simple appreciation and gratitude energy of being alive, of being able to feel things, touch things, taste things, see things, to really be engaged with the smelling of the beauty of the world around us. So we have gratitude and appreciation, but also this idea of the simple pleasures and simplicity of life. If you look at our lives, it's become very complex, right? As we're running around doing things all the time, as we've built this big, tremendous civilization that takes a lot of money and a lot of time to upkeep or to keep it going. And we've even built this entire economy on consumerism, a very Taurus word. And now we have to relook at that and see, well, what, what part of that is not sustainable? right? All of it's not sustainable uh, because consumerism is the thing that says you have to buy more. You have to eat more. You have to get more stuff. You have to replace your computer. You have to replace your car. You have to replace your appliances, all of that kind of thing. So a big change going on over these next 18 months, but the moon and Taurus giving me an opportunity to chat about that with you. Now, uh, Taurus rules all the physical senses, so all of the things that we think of as physical comfort, the five major senses not taking into effect the intuition, 
but all of the things that that we feel the sensuality of living on a very physical planet the planet earth um as well taurus is known as the builder and when i when i think about taurus and building it's very similar so you know how when i talk about fire energies i tell you that all three of the fire signs have uh, a common thread and that's about living out our passions right passion and creativity well taurus is an earth sign and the earth signs have a a sort of persistent um theme and that's about building or having a solid foundation of being in the physical world so whether we're talking taurus or capricorn or virgo they're all very much about the boundaries or the foundations that it takes in order to have the the stability in the physical world so in that case taurus is the first sign of the zodiac that comes into earth is really about the builder energy and building a good solid foundation you have to start somewhere right if you don't th uh, put the foundation down correctly for a house then it's not going to be able to be steady it's not going to stand the test of time and so we have this idea then that we might need to even break back some of the systems that we have in order to build a more solid foundation and then as well the three p's persistence patience perseverance all a part of the taurus experience all a part of something that we're going to have to build over time as we move into the North Node, which, by the way, that starts on January 18th. So next Tuesday, we start that process. So we're learning about all of this right now. There is a sense of the stepwise progression, building something step by step, having goals, right, that, that are taking one step and putting one foot in front of the other and building from that point thoroughness, right? Thoroughness and being able to start something and finish something and doing it in a very dependable, reliable, trustworthy, steadfast kind of way. And self-worth, another big Taurus um, theme and a theme that's going to be very popular over the next couple of years or at least year and a half as we look deeper into, well, what does it mean to be worthy? What does it mean to have intrinsic worth or intrinsic value? And we may talk more and more about that as time goes on. What does it mean to have boundaries? And what do I have appropriate boundaries? Because there's two ways that this can go. One is to have no boundaries at all. And, you know, you're always coloring outside of the lines or other people are always able to your, usurp your boundaries or to take more from you than you have to give or when you're trying to give more than you have to uh, be able to sustain and or where you've closed off, right? Boundaries can be closures, enclosures. So we may have to deal with or look at um, where do we have boundary issues in our lives, either where we're leaking or hemorrhaging or where we are too rigid or too tightly bound in uh, our, our uh, boundaries. And all of that, by the way, boundaries begins with an uh, evaluation, evaluation of what it is that you value. What is your value? right so not only are we looking at the things that we value collectively and individually but what is it that we see as uh, placed 
what kind of value have we placed on our own selves, right? The, the gifts that we have and how we share them and self-acceptance, all a part of this energy, uh, learning to love this, ourselves the way we are to accept the things that's kind of that serenity prayer that I will botch if I try to say it, but essentially, you know, understanding that serenity prayer and serenity is an interesting word to come up in the context of Taurus, um, because there's this concept in Taurus of comfort and comfort, meaning being okay in your own skin, right? Being okay the way you are and not being in a big hurry to change yourself to match what you think other people want of you or the becoming something that other people that you think other people want you to be. So it has a bit of authenticity around it and being true to oneself. Again, that's another kind of earth theme that we see uh, in Taurus, but also in Virgo and also in Capricorn. When we're looking at the lower frequency energies of Taurus, because we have to do that, right? We have to look at where are the trip up points for us over these next 18 months, but also during this moon transit of Taurus. And it is in our inflexibility where we have a stubborn attachment to the way things are. And we are not capable or able to see that change would do us good. We kind of dig in our heels and we want to stay where we are. We resist change in the more lower frequencies here. Woo! Terry's negative. He gets to stay at work. That's awesome. Uh, so I would love to congratulate him. I will later. So thankfully, the COVID experience in my household is now done. Woohoo! Um, okay, going back to the negative or more lower frequency energies in Taurus, we have the potential here in Taurus energy to have to reevaluate our dogmas. Dogmas. If there's one dogmatic sign in all of the zodiac, it can be Taurus. And they're stuck in their patterns, they're stuck in their ways, they, they think that their beliefs are correct, and they have very little room to take in other people's ideas. And so that inflexibility can translate not only into the physical world, but into our beliefs, right, into our philosophies. So we'll want to be careful that we're not stuck in a dogma. And by being stuck, we also have to deal with the places in our lives and in our charts where we might have stagnation as an issue. And stagnation is akin to being stuck, right? Where have things gotten old and stagnant? I was looking, um, what was that I was looking at? Something to do, oh, I was looking at the information that we share in the world right now and how we share it. And I was thinking that there's a, uh, a sort of stagnancy, if you will, that we've been kind of stuck in the patterns, like the news is always about COVID or it's about, you know, um, politics and things like that. And it hasn't left us very much room to talk about what's really positive out there and what's really happening in a real positive light. So I think part of what we might be able to do over these next 18 months is to start looking at ways in which we can simplify our lives, but also how can we look at the good things that are happening and build those into the foundations of anything that comes crashing down or that needs to be rebuilt so that we have a positive focus, right? That we have this positive energy and things aren't necessarily being built out of a response to negative things that are happening. So it's kind of a tricky thing, right? Because on the other end of this is the South Node moving through Scorpio, 
and the south node in scorpio wants to hold on uh, and and we'll be dealing with the things that we have to either eliminate or that we do have to let burn crash and then uh restructure reform etc transform even that is a huge scorpio word is transform so we'll have some interesting energies ahead of us to be sure but taking a look at you know every piece that's moving through a sign is important for us and right now it's the moon and the moon is our emotions so take a look at your emotional connection your inner world connection to boundaries to stagnancy to a gratitude and appreciation and to the material world your your possessions and your concepts of ownership and your money etc and what are the emotions that are all tied up in that particular uh, energy for you so it's a great time for us to look at well where are our foundations and where are the cracks in those foundations and what can i build upon those foundations that would have a more lasting effect or would at least carry us through uh, with a stronger base of operation in the body taurus rules coughs the throat center so we have this throat uh, this idea of the voice in fact remember almost all of gemini's energy in the human design is in the throat but it actually begins at the the uh end of taurus with the gate eight at the throat so what's going to happen here is that we're going to have a node shift in human design as well and the nodes are going to shift first to the gate eight and the south node to the gate 14 and it's going to strengthen those ideas of two things one the north node strengthening the concept of our contribution to the world how what is it that i can bring you know specifically using my own gifts and my own talents what can i contribute to the world what can i contribute to my family to my community to my nation to my world um, depending on how your energy is you know set up you might be someone who's just individually oriented maybe your job is to be a change agent on the planet so you're going to have this opportunity to contribute change to the planet some of you are community oriented because of the energy of your entire chart or your uh, your human design if you're community oriented then it's going to be what can i contribute to my community some of you are more globally focused or earthly focused and so what can i contribute to my planet what can i contribute to the collective and then some of you even have a more universal focus and you might be looking at well what things from a galactic perspective can i be bringing in and contributing to the world as time goes on here so yay right there's a lot of really good things that can come up but we have to learn to let go of some of our old concepts first so now today tomorrow and the next day we're sort of in practice mode for this now we can sort of maybe get some clarity around you know what are the emotions that we're holding on to that we might need to let go of or to move forward with when it is out of whack you may notice that in your throat your vocal cords your thyroid um, the neck um, and uh, as well anything to do in terms of like the the coughing part of a cold or things like that 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 laryngitis etc so we have a long-term transit coming up where those kinds of throat issues come to the fore 
And so that means we're necessarily by, by necessity, we're going to have to look at the throat center over those next several months. All right, questions, comments. Let's take a look here. Asa, good morning to you. Great to see you. Leilani, hello to you. And I wish I knew what this name was. It's in Cyrillic writing. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm so sorry. Uh, maybe, mm, I don't know. I don't know, but hello to you. And uh, Leilani, I think I said hello to you. Uh, JLo says, amazing. My niece took my daughter on a trip to Florida. She did not have to pay. So she is enjoying the transits already. I love that. Um, okay. Natasha, good morning to you. May the universal greater love be with you all. I love that. That's very nice. Um, let's see further down. Uh, JLo says, I have an app I follow of all that happens in New York as far, far as crime, accidents, and even missing elderly or children. Now they added a button to share good memories. I love that. I love that. It's exactly, you know, it, it is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to focus on the more negative things. Um, I mean, we have to know what the crimes are that are going on or how, you know, people are being used and abused. And, and there's something about that because we can apply the good things to that, like helping find those people or helping, you know, in some way to extricate people from those situations. But how awesome is it to have a good button? Let's press the good button, right? I want to know what the good things are. You know, for example, let's take a problem like global warming, which seems sort of weird when we're all freezing cold and we've had snow up the buku and all this kind of thing. And take a look at that as a concept. Let's, you know, a globe that's warmer. Um, or let's look at it as a globe that is experiencing the extreme nature of climate at this point, because I'm not convinced it's exactly all about global warming. I feel like there's this uh, picturing, outpicturing, if you will, of the extremes uh, of the things that we have to change. And what, you know, what if we focused on all the people out there who are working on technologies that are clean energy? What about all the people that are out there doing things to help clean up the environment, the water, the oceans, the, the land? It's really kind of fascinating when you turn your focus to something good. And that is an opportunity that we also have as time goes on here. Now, real quickly, before I change over to what our Mercury retrograde is going to be bringing to us later this week, let's just take a quick survey of the week ahead. And again, thank you, JLo, for that reminder. Please take a moment to hit the like button if you are on Facebook. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, please hit the thumbs up button. If you are new, then please hit the subscribe button on YouTube. I noticed I'm getting up over 800, and uh, that's pretty darn good for me. And Tom says, I said, baby, 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 you're out of whack. The stones. Hmm, I don't know that song. Jennifer Peachy, good morning. Ursula, good to see you. How can we find out how we focus globally, galactically, etc.? Great question. Is it in the predominance of planets in our charts placement, the four quarters? I'm actually going to take you to a very simple way to find this out. And I mean, it's simple for me. Um, it's actually going to be based in what your Pleiadian earth sign is and what your, or, and, or what your Mayan sign is. The uh, signs in the Pleiadian earth astrology and in the Mayan calendar are all placed in 
the one of the four things, right? Whether it's individual, a community, a individual, or yeah, universal or galactic. And so going back to your sign from either the Pleiadian earth energy or from the Mayan is going to give you a clue as to where your focus is. For example, for me, I was born on two remembering. It is a sign that is community oriented and I see community or family oriented, right? So community is a family. It's the smaller unit and everything in my life seems to be around family or community. Um, so some of you may have that more personalized focus that it's all around, you know, you and what you're doing. Um, so really that comes from what that sign is. And you can do that. You can look at that by going, uh, purchasing, where is my Pleiadian earth? There we go. The Pleiadian earth, uh, energy astrology book, charting the spirals of consciousness by Pia Orlean and Colin Baird Smith. And at the back, she has an appendix here that tells you. Uh, you know, based on the year and the day, what sign you are. And unfortunately, it can only, st it starts in the 1970s, I believe, 1970 itself. Is that right? 1975. So if you were born prior to 1975, you'll have to go to their website um, and take a look at that. And her website is Pia, P-I-A, her name, basically, PiaOrlean.com. And you can find that out. Or there's another book. And do I have it? I do right here in front of me even by Bruce Schofield called Mayan Astrology. And in it, he does go back. He goes back all the way to the 1940s, I want to say in his book. Um, way, way back. He goes back to, oh my goodness, even back to the 30s. But how far forward does he go? He goes to the 2020s, to 2020 itself. So if you were born between the 1930s and uh, 2020, in this book, you can find your Mayan symbol, and then you can, using the Pleiadian Earth calendar, translate that to the Pleiadian Earth, or ask me. I can help you figure that out as well. So there you have it. Great question there, uh, Ursula, with a kind of long answer. But then you can also get a sense when you know, you're not without skills yourself personally, right? In any of you, because I will bet you that you all have a sort of in uh, innate sort of uh, feeling about who it is that you connect with, right? Is it an as an individual? Is it as a family or community? Is it more as a, a global uh, focus or is it more of that, you know, galactic or universal focus? What are you most concerned with, right? That That can give you an idea too. So, um, so you can use that as anecdotal evidence of what your focus is, or go through the steps of finding it by the Pleiadian or Mayan symbol. Uh, okay. So JLo, yes, for 18 months, there was so much negative since it feels good to see all of good happening. Definitely focus on the good geoengineering is what it is. Good stuff there, Tom. Uh, so I have that book, which one? Kimmy, death, transformation. So that happens to be the, the, the week I was born in. And Kimmy, I want to say, Kimmy is it's not going to be community oriented. I feel like it's going to be, let's see, let's see. Oh, so that's going to be after, oh no, it's going to be before Monique. 
um, Kimmy to have faith, not to be a victim, not to feel obliged to make too many sacrifices, to become truly useful to society and the world around them. See, so you have a more worldly focus, right? A more um, global focus from that particular energy. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, uh, the book that she's talking about is Mayan Astrology by Bruce Schofield. And it's amazing because having read this book um, years and years ago, back in 2005, maybe 2003, somewhere around there. And then reading this one, there are so many similarities. So uh, you kind of really understand that the Mayans got their information from the Pleiadians. So I love that. Okay, books off to the side. Let's take a look at the grander scheme of things for the week. Today, we have a sun sextile Neptune transit. And so it's primarily responsible for the more quiet, tranquil uh, few days that we have this week in the beginning of the week, because it is really when, when you have the sun, it's about your person, personal self, your personality. When you have Neptune, it's about how we apply that to uh, the greater good. And so what we have is about finding meaning in life's experiences and how do we love one another through all of life's experiences. This is a transit today that will increase our imagination, increases our intuition. We become more compassionate, more generous, more loving, more kind, more giving. It kind of triggers our humanitarianism or our altruism. Um, I could say it's also about inspired creativity and tolerance and acceptance, all of these kinds of qualities coming up to the surface. And as well, I was taking a look at where Neptune is in our human design chart and at the gate 22, surrender, trusting in a higher power, trusting in our own loving hearts, trusting our hearts connection. Um, so trust and surrender, all of those types of things. So today's a really good day. And that really kind of started yesterday, today, tomorrow, and even maybe into the next day. And that's really a good thing. Um, Mars squares Neptune tomorrow. So interesting, right? Today we have the sun involved and now another very active planet, Mars, in a square. So there's a little bit of a challenge. But I think when Mars squares Neptune, we're challenged to lean into our more spiritual philosophies, into our leaning in more to uh, what we know as our higher self, right? Leaning into becoming more uh, spiritually um, oriented, being the embodiment, if you will, of spirit here on the planet. Begins or Tomorrow, we also have the beginning of a new human design week. That is from January 11th through the 16th. The sun will be at the gate 61. Our fellow friend Pluto is also at the gate 61. So what we're going to see is a Pluto-Sun conjunction, which doesn't actually happen until Sunday astrologically. But already sitting there on Wednesday or Tuesday uh, is this potential for the Sun and Pluto to start interacting. And on some level within our lives, that's bringing up things from the dark, things from the underside, right, for us to work through years, our limitations, taking us sort of through a dark night of the soul, but ne not necessarily in uh, as dark a way because we have Mars that wants action. And he's a co-ruler 
uh, with Pluto of Scorpio. So we're kind of excavating, if you will, the underworld, the uh, baggage, the uh, the elimination of things from our lives that are no longer useful. So some, some interesting things coming up over here as we begin the week, the new human design week. Um, as well, the Earth will be at the gate 62, which sits on the Ajna, or I mean, excuse me, on the throat center, moving up toward the Ajna. And so for some of you who have the gate 17 hanging, this is going to be a connection that puts some really interesting facts into perspective for you. It's the completion point of, or um, not completion, but the understanding of logic that happens during that particular connection. And it's interesting because of Neptune's involvement that is anything but logical. Right? So it should be an interesting um, time for us to weigh the differences between what's logical, but what's spiritual, what is in the unseen versus what's in the scene, uh, the very physical, the very spiritual. So it'll be an interesting dichotomy that we play with uh, midweek. And as well, I, I noted for some reason, and probably because we're going to talk more about this, Venus changes gates in her Venus retrograde cycle to the gate 38, which is a gate known as struggle or fight. Mars changes gates to the gate 11, which is about the light of idealism. There we have sort of another way to reframe Mars squaring Neptune, and that is aligning our actions, Mars, with more altruism or with more idealism, Neptune. So great there. Saturn is going to change gates this week to the gate 13. That is a gate of retelling the story, rewriting a narrative. For those of you who've downloaded the January chapter of my book, Understand or Astro Design for 2022, you'll see that there's a big plot theme going on through January of this year into February. And that is about rewriting our story and uh, rewriting the, the things that we've been saying to people about who we are, about what our experiences have been about. You can rewrite the story, if you will. Um, as well, Pluto is going to make a change during the week. He doesn't make that change until Sunday, but he's making a change to the gate 60, where he will reside up until, I want to say it's no, or September 5th. So for a long period of time, we get to consider transforming the unsustainable to the sustainable. And I think that plays into the whole Taurus, Scorpio, North Node, South Node axis for the year as well, uh, being innovative in more sustainable ways. So we have that more conservative is another word, but not conservative as a political movement, but conservative in a way that we are conserving our energy, our resources, our time, all of that, those kinds of things. Uh, Wednesday's a quiet day, nothing new happening. Thursday's the day that Saturn makes that move to gate 13. Now we have the structure. Now we have to put the structure to the new story, to the new narrative, right? So I know Ursula, for example, you have the gate 13. I think it's in your incarnation cross. So for those of you who have 13 already defined, it adds more fuel to the rewriting of the narrative. For those of you who do not have the gate 13 defined, it's now suddenly defined and you get this little like push from Saturn to rewrite the stories that you've been telling. Friday, Mercury turns retrograde. We're going to go into that here in just a minute. 
Uh, Mars also is that's the day he changes to the gate 11 of idealism. Pluto making his change. Saturday, Venus retrograde moves backward, retrogrades back to 38. Um, and the sun conjuncts Pluto on Sunday. Anytime the sun conjuncts a planet, it begins a new 12-month period of time of energy with that planet. So recently, we just had the sun conjunct Venus, right? Or Venus conjunct the sun. So we started a new cycle with the planet Venus. And now we have the sun going into a conjunction with Pluto. So we're starting a new energy of the sun and Pluto for the entire year, right? Until the sun comes back around to conjunct Pluto again. And just like we have in the moon cycles, we have the new phase, right? That's what we'll be in, the new phase, the new moon phase, if you will. Then we'll go into the square or the, the sextile. We'll have all of the different relationships being built over the next year between the sun and Pluto and their conjunction in Capricorn. So some more fuel for the restructuring, the reforming, the rebuilding, the foundation setting uh, for this year. All right. Uh, and then, of course, we're also next week headed into the full moon. I think we'll talk more about that on Friday, however. And let me just put in a little note here on Wednesday this week, 8 a.m., I will be uh, hosting the guest, Tom Palladino of Scalar Light Energy. He will be here to talk to us about that. And he has an exciting offer of 15 days, like a, a little sample, if you will, of Scalar Light Energy or healing energy. And he'll be here to talk about that with us. Same time, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. East Coast time, right here on Living Astrology, either YouTube or Facebook, works either way. Uh, Tom Palladino. So um, then on Friday, we'll take a look at the weekend. So it's a three day week for me this week or a three day broadcasting week uh, for me this particular week. All right, let me really quickly take a look and see if there are questions. Um, doo, doo, doo. There's so many comments, I got to find them now. Um, Natasha, the 11th is my grandson's birthday and the family is going through some stuff. Aren't we all? Everybody's family going through stuff. Uh, we'll hold space for them to come to some beautiful realizations. Ursula says, Bruce Schofield book is awesome. Mayan astrology. You're an Etznab, the Flint knife with Lord Seven of the West. Good to remember my focus. I really do love both those systems, the Pleiadian and the Mayan, because it's simple right? It's very simple. You have Venus that you're looking at, you have your, your sun sign, you have your universal day of birth, pretty much that's it. I mean, there are other things, but it's not like astrology where we have all these moving parts on the chessboard. And um, uh, for me right now, I think simple is really good, right? And it's a great place to start in looking at how you are, how your energy is oriented to serve or to contribute the best to the world at large. Gayla, good morning to you. And JLo says, 22 is my culture. This will be exciting times for me to discover. 17, your pearl. Ooh, good one. Uh, all the while being a Taurus with the 12th house sun. Uh, a lot of discovery, I think, for you as you go on here, JLo. And I don't see any other questions. So let's shift if we can 
over to um, our Mercury retrograde. So Mercury is retrograde this year from January, or this, this year starts its first retrograde of the year on January 14th and is in retrograde until February 3rd. But as all of you know, that isn't the end of the story, right? We've already been in about a two and a half, three week period of time of the pre-shadow or the retrograde, ret, pre, the pre-retrograde, which is sort of a shadowy period of time. Then we're in the three week retrograde period and then another two and a half to three weeks of the retro shade, the time period after the retrograde. So all in all, we usually have about a two and a half month Mercury retrograde. And when you have a planet that goes retrograde three to four times a year, we spend a lot of time um, moving through retrograde Mercury issues. And this year or this time, he's retrograding from 10 degrees of Aquarius, where he is just about to sit, right? He sits right now today at nine degrees, one minute of Aquarius. So he's moving very slowly to his retrograde station. And then he will move backward back to 24 degrees of Capricorn. So if you have your own chart looking at the first 10 degrees of Aquarius and the last six degrees of Capricorn, that is where this process of re-evaluation, of review, of renewal is coming up for you as it regards things of Mercury, which are about the mind, about communication, about transportation, and about how we share of ourselves, our knowledge and ideas, etc. Now, um, we're talking about a retrograde that takes us from air backward into Earth. Last year, all Mercury retrogrades were in air signs, so Aquarius, Gemini, and Libra. This year, they all begin in those same air signs, but move backward into the Earth signs, almost as if to say, in the air signs, you had lots of ideas, you have lots of possibilities. Now it's time to take a possibility or a couple of possibilities, if you're a manifesting generator, and build upon those and move them into the concrete physical realm, right? So we can't just keep all of these ideas up in our head, in the imagination state, we have to physicalize them, physical, bring them into reality in the physical world. Now, the initial retrograde here then in Aquarius is going to disrupt the status quo. And remember, we were talking about the moon in Taurus and the nodes in Taurus really kind of disrupting stagnant patterns. Here's another case where we have an interrupt going on in our places in our chart where we've been stagnant. So taking a look at your own chart, if this chart were a person, that stagnant area is going to be between the 11th and the 12th houses. So it would be an evaluation of where fear or limitation or self-sabotage is dampening somebody's vision or somebody's dreams or interactions with other people or society or social groups. So in your own chart, you can sort of read it that way. You're taking it from wherever Aquarius is and what house that's in backward into the house that Capricorn is in, in your chart. Now that also feeds into Uranus energy because Uranus is sitting at the same degree, 10 degrees, but of Taurus. So we have, again, this idea of, of that stagnancy breaking up and the stagnancy because Aquarius is a fixed sign but so is Taurus. So they tend to stay stuck, right? So we're, we're evaluating the places that we've become stuck so that we can make changes. We can take corrective action. 
Now that means that it's also feeding into the Uranus Saturn square that's been ongoing, right? So there's this idea of change happening that, that we can no longer stay stagnant or stay in the stuck position, stuck in a rut, right? We have to be able to get out of our comfort zone and do things in some new ways. So Aquarius and Capricorn are both Saturn ruled signs, obviously co-ruled in Aquarius by Uranus, but Saturn holds this rulership of Capricorn and also of Aquarius as well. So we're in Saturn territory and Saturn territory tells us that we've been working on the foundation. Did we get stuck somewhere in the building, right? How many times have you wandered through a neighborhood and you see a house that doesn't seem to be going anywhere, right? That the building started, but it got stuck. Maybe the contractor uh, ran out of material or today they can't get the materials delivered to them or the person building the house ran out of money and there's been this stuck place. Well, now's an opportunity for us to see where our stuck places are. Not necessarily a time to make big strides in changing or jumping forward, but to really be able to look at what is the holdup, right? What is it that I need to change within me in order to be able to be ready to move forward? That's that this energy. So in Aquarius, we might think of this as like, what innovative idea has come to my attention um, that will carry me forward in a more sustainable way, right? Sustainable in finances, sustainable in being able to prepare for the future. Um, digging up what it is that's stuck, what's been entrenched, um, what fear or stagnant energy has held you back. Again, we keep going back to where are you stuck? Where's the stagnant energy? What do I need to do in order to be ready for change? So we have all of that to consider. Also consider your fears about what holds us to these old patterns. What is in your 12th house for God's sakes, right? Let's look at the 12th house in this case, because it's where a lot of fear is held in the subconscious patterning, not because the 12th house is necessarily brought up into this particular retrograde. It might be for some of you, <laughs> it is in this chart, um, but because that's where the patterns lie right? Based on old lifetimes, other lifetimes, based on our experiences in this lifetime, when we don't get what we want, when things don't go our way, it becomes a place of fear or a place of limitation, a place where we're afraid to take the next steps because last time I took that step, it fell apart or it didn't work. And so now I'm carrying that forward. Instead, we're meant to be releasing all of this baggage, right? So closely look at that in your own life, what old patterns are showing up, right? And stopping you from being who you want to be. And this whole thing, uh, Mercury in retrograde, as he retrogrades backwards into Capricorn is interacting with Venus. And at some point in the cycle, uh, Venus is going to turn direct. In fact, that happens on the 29th, while Mercury is still in retrograde. So the two planets are going to change, you know, uh, go past one another in one of them in retrograde, one of them turning into direct motion. And so Venus, remember, has been taking us on a trip of re-evaluation, right? Checking your values. What do I value? What is my value? What's important to me? What's not important to me? What things have I thought were important to me that have changed? How are my relationships aligned with that? How is my money aligned with that? How's my worth aligned with my value? 
Now, I also wanted to take a look at this at the gate 19 because that is where Mercury initially turns retrograde. And the gate 19 is on the root center of your chart. So the root center, hold on. The root center is the very bottom center in your human design chart. It is a pressure center. It is the pressure to go out and move outward into the world as a, a, an evolutionary process, as an evolving um, being. So the pressure in the root center can sometimes create stress or can, can be um, interpreted by us as stress. Well, the stress at the gate 19 is about the need, the, the, the desire to be needed or to feel wanted. And it promotes togetherness. It promotes our getting out into the world in society. It promotes interconnection, right? So Mercury at this gate, uh, as he turns retrograde, turning us inward to look at, well, where it is, where is it that I can contribute uh, where is it that I can connect with others? Where is it that I can uh, gain the spirit of cooperation? Now, for those of you who've been with me for a long time, you remember perhaps back in December before I left on vacation, uh, we did a show one morning and we talked about semi-sextiles and how important the semi-sextile is for 2022. And for those of you who didn't hear that part of the talk, and maybe I did that in the astrology of 2022 as well, we talked about the fact that a semi-sextile happens between neighboring signs. So Taurus and Pisces um, or uh, Taurus and Gemini. And in this case, we're, we're what we're having happen here is this idea of cooperation. And in a um, a spirit of cooperation then, how can we solve our problems by coming together, by by recognizing our interconnectedness, not by going into a win-lose mode, but more of a win-win. How can we work together? But the root pressure here is to reach out, to connect, and wants inclusion, wants inclusion in a family, in a group, in a community, as a race, as a nation, as a country, as a planet, as a galactic uh, in, in uh, energy. So it brings people together. So interesting, right? So there are, there have got to be some innovative ideas that are percolating through each of us about how to bring us all together. I love that, right? If we can take the time to consider that, that can apply to even our politics uh, of our nations, right? How can we work together to solve the problems? Now, on January 23rd, Mercury retrograde will conjunct the sun at the gate 41, so we're moving from this idea or ideal, if you will, of need, needing to be together, of you know being inclusive to the gate 41, which happens to be called the gate of imagination. It is the gate that starts the human design new year. So at, on January 22nd, just the day before, the sun will have entered the gate 41. And the conjunction then of Mercury and the sun is at the gate 41. So it's a gate of looking at and in visualizing, imagining what could be. Now, this is not necessarily the energy for bringing it into action, but it is about imagination. So it reminds me of the Beatles song or John Lennon singing, imagine all the people, imagine, just imagine what could be if we chose peace 
Imagine what could be if we chose love. Imagine what could be if we choose each other to be connected with one another. So the gate of the human design new year is where Mercury and the sun will make their conjunction. And I think that's beautiful uh, imagery for us to take all the way through 2022 with us. Um, so bottom line is this will be a time, Mercury in retrograde, a time for us to distinguish our own needs versus the needs of others. Where have we been too much in personal sacrifice to what others need or want or what they want of us? instead of being attuned to our needs, our desires, and what is it that we need for ourselves. And the gift here is where we're able to help people, help each other align with our spiritual gifts and with our uh, physical expression of those spiritual gifts here on the planet. So I think it's a really good Mercury retrograde. It's not one that gives me chills or makes, it does kind of have some, you know, upsetting energy in it only because Uranus is there. But remember, Uranus is an awakener, a liberator. And so he shakes us up with a purpose. And that is to break us out of those stagnant patterns or those places where we've been stuck or encrusted, whether that's in the physical, the mental, the emotional, or the spiritual realm, all of those things could be uh, our need call to be uh, more together, to reach out to others, to be more inclusive uh, on the planet. And uh, Tom, reach out, reach out, dum, 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 dum. I'll be there to love and comfort you. That must be a song. <laughs> Tom, the musician. Uh, so we have some really good energies coming up. Um, you said frozen place and my computer did. I, you know, my, I noticed a freeze as well. I don't know what's going on within the computer. I think it has to do with, um, I use Google Chrome and I know Google has had a lot of uh, break-ins, breakdowns, hacks going on. So I think they're really clamping down on security. So I think that it allows my virus program to do faster, um, what do you call that, scans? And I think that may be um, having a, an issue in there. So I hope it's not my problem that I froze. Uh, but I also hope, Pam, that you've uh, unfrozen so um, that you can do this. Let's do a couple of card readings, shall we? I want to um, take a look at some oldies but goodies, our, uh, oops, it's upside down, our Wisdom of the Oracle, and uh, an animal card that I, apparently I'm pulling three cards today. <laughs> I'm pulling a Wisdom of the Oracle. That is going to give us a sense of uh, what wisdom we can take with us through this week, including all of the things that we talked about, right? The moon in Taurus this morning, the sun in uh, sextile to Neptune, Mars squaring Neptune, uh, Mercury in retrograde. So let's see what wisdom we can take with us with that. And <laughs> the card is round and round, card number 25, which is a seven. So what we get is an idea of cycles of time. And let's pull a galactic heritage card. Not that way, we won't. Let's do it this way. Galactic heritage, because I really like the idea of us taking a galactic view. Oh my goodness, and one just totally flopped out of there. Spiritual sovereignty, and two fell out, leap of faith. So 57 and 103. 
So we have them in this story this morning. And then uh, an animal card as well. And then we'll start to read what these mean. Okay. I, I haven't used the animal cards yet this year. Woohoo! So this will be fun. Maybe we'll pull something unique and different for us here. And we get turtle spirit. Slow down, no, slow and steady wins the race. Card 62, which is an eight. It was in protection mode, upside down. So maybe we've been trying to move too fast. All right, so going back to our wisdom of the oracle, where we have round and round. Let's see, that was right side up. So let's see what that means for us. 25. Okay, so round and round is an essential meaning of the spiral quality of events when a lesson isn't quite integrated. Cycles you are challenged to break, revisiting a pattern from a new perspective. Everything we pretty much talked about this morning. Uh, the Oracle's message says the appearance of this card is a reminder that although it may appear that you've gone backward, the truth is that you are standing at a higher level, looking down into your circumstances, you will learn something, do something better, and break a cycle set up in the past. You actually have a bird's eye view of your initial footprints and can access the wisdom and lessons learned. I love it. That's the advantage of the spiraling nature, right? Where we can move up the spiral, but we can also see backward into where we have been. Now, in the galactic cards, we had spiritual sovereignty, card number 103, which is actually a four. That must be one of the last ones of the deck. And it is a Sasani. That must be a group. Spiritual sovereignty is a place of complete balance. One walks in integrity, has complete unfin completed unfinished business, confronted and owned the shadow, recognizes illusion, and knows the self intimately without judgment. From here, the person becomes free to feel the flow of the universe that is called synchronicity. This is an essential Essasani teaching. Once you are firmly rooted in an open-hearted life based on integrity and synchronicity, you become a fully realized being. This is a roadmap to awakening for individuals and earth as a whole. If you haven't already, it's time to begin the journey. And that was followed by taking a leap of faith in the Orion of the present moment. For thousands of years, humans have been used to living with the mindset of polarity. We continually label things as good or bad. If we don't know how to label something, we feel confused or insecure. But now that it is time to integrate polarity and transform as a species, we must take a leap of faith, jumping off the cliff into the unknown to a realm where labels like that don't exist. We must learn to simply be with things as they are, without the addiction to labeling them. As we do this, our consciousness transforms and we heal once and for all the old wounds from our Orion heritage. Gotta love that one. And the animal is uh, the turtle spirit. He was in protection mode. Still a beautiful card though. Look at that beautiful turtle, right? Slow and steady wins the race. And he is card 62. And in protection, he says, 
pushing too hard or rushing to leave others in the dust is not the way of turtle spirit. Even if it seems at times it is the way of the world. Turtle spirit wants you to remember that you are a human being, not a human doing. In the protection position, turtle spirit is giving you the message that the best thing to do right now is let go of the drive to compete or control and do more. Instead, simply be. As an old Norse saying goes, we do without doing and everything gets done. Spirit conspires on your behalf. So slow to a crawl or even stop releasing any fear that life is a race that you might be losing. Trust that peace, prosperity, love, and purpose are all yours to enjoy right now. Do not do, simply be. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I hope you guys got a lot out of this morning's broadcast. I know I did. There's a lot of things that I'm thinking about in my own mind, about my own personal life, etc. Uh, I find it very interesting that that uh, all of these subjects were brought up this morning. Uh, I wish you all a great day. Don't forget Wednesday morning, 8 a.m., Tom Palladino here to talk to us about scalar light energy or light healing. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him. Take care, everybody. Mwah. Bye for now.